This is episode 69 of the Creative Giant Show. I'm Charlie Gilkey. Thanks for sharing a slice of your day with me. Mentors often make the difference between us successfully finishing the stuff that matters and just thinking or dreaming about it. This is especially the case for young adults and new entrepreneurs, who oftentimes get so much well-meaning but bad advice from people who've never gone where the would-be mentee is trying to go. Jeff Hopek joins me to jam about the value of mentors and some ways to go about building your own mentor group. Ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. If you're struggling to keep up with processing your email, SaneBox might be just the tool you need. It has saved me hours of time each month, and the amount of peace of mind I get from it is priceless. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all of the trivial stuff into a different folder, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see. Aside from removing all of the junk so you can focus on the messages that matter, there's this great feature called the black hole. Move an email into that folder and you'll never hear from the sender again. One and done. Just how we like it. Because email can be such a bear and keep you from finishing the stuff that matters, we worked out a great deal for our listeners. Visit sanebox.com forward slash giant and they'll throw in an extra $25 credit on top of the two-week free trial. You don't have to enter the credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. Again, that's S-A-N-E box.com forward slash giant. On one fateful day, Jeff Hopek saw a presidential motorcade and set a goal to join the Secret Service. After finishing college, he achieved that goal and served as a U.S. Secret Service officer for the White House. During his service, he traveled to 44 U.S. states, Mongolia, Germany, Spain, and India. In 2006, Jeff moved on from the Secret Service in order to start his own business. Fueled by his passion for fitness, he started a personal training business specializing in the use of kettlebells, the same weights he used during his Secret Service training. As an international importer of kettlebells, Jeff also used the business for B2B and B2C sales of the fitness equipment. After publishing two books in 2008, Jeff turned his focus to public speaking and developing his personal brand. A year later, he started Killer Shark Marketing, a small firm that builds custom websites and marketing campaigns for medical practitioners. His focus for 2016 is mentoring other entrepreneurs through video tutorials ranging from legal sales to sales strategies, as well as other areas he has struggled with on his own entrepreneurial journey. As important as marketing and sales skills are for entrepreneurs, what's even more important is learning how to build a mentor group. Jeff's best work is being a mentor for young entrepreneurs, and I'm delighted to have him on the show to talk about it. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today and for sharing your wisdom on the Creative Giant Show. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me, too. All righty. Back to beginnings and for origin stories to pull everybody into your conversation. So how did you get to here? How did I get to here? Uh, Okay, so my background, I was a marketing major in school, just a small division two business school. And the first part of my journey, the dream I wanted to live was, and I saw it in in action, was getting into the U.S. Secret Service. Mm -hmm. So um, actually applied right out of college and was one in, I think they told us at the time, you're 
look at the chair that you're in during training. You're one of 8,000, 8,000 applied for that job. So it was basically about a two year interview process. It was, uh, it was my first lesson in goal setting, right? So you had to obviously have a pretty significant level of physical fitness. And at the time that I applied, I actually didn't, I, I was in good shape, but that was my first like step at having to hire a, a, uh, a trainer to really pump it up for me. Anyway, to fast forward, got in there, traveled the world, um, got on the president's, uh, secu- the, um, advanced detail, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So we got to do a lot of inter- international travel at the time. Um, uh, the job was awesome. Okay. Job was absolutely awesome, but I knew there was always more. I, I knew there was more. Um, I I knew I wasn't full inside. I knew we weren't meant to live on somebody else's terms. I just knew it. And and I couldn't put my finger on it. I started reading like crazy, all kind of awesome books. I'm personally a huge fan of Jack Canfield because he's the person that through one reading of his, of one of his books literally got me to close the book and say, this is my last day on the job. I now have what I need to go and leave a prestigious job in 2006 uh, very prestigious job left in 2006 started a, um, a, a business. So I needed the fuel. I had the product in my mind cause I was using it and working at, out with it at the time. <clears throat> it was known as a kettlebell mm-hmm. a fitness, fitness tool, right? With a hand, like a cannonball. Yeah, I've, I've got one sitting right here, but yeah, kettlebells <laughs> are really? amazing. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, certainly wasn't the inventor of it, but I was passionate about it, right? The time saving that you can get muscle and cardio at the same time, right? So it was cool. And it wasn't really mainstream at the time. So what I did was I connected with a, uh, a manufacturer in India and I was 20, 27 or 28 at the time. So it was a big, ju- it was a big jump, right? Yeah. yeah and it's a pretty big jump. Connected with the manufacturer and I said, look, here's what I want to do. Can you help me? No, but I can point you to a guy, pointed me to a guy. Anyway, um, through a lot of failure, so I'm going to underline that a lot, right? Because everybody's story, we know the success, right? Uh, that's easy to tell the things you have or the, your scorecard. But the most important part of the whole journey is the failure. I got beat up so bad in that project. We did okay. And if you look at the scorecard, I mean, produced revenue, but I, I really learned business through that project. So we're inter- importing these kettlebells, <clears throat> bringing them into America, selling them into gyms, households. I did a couple of DVDs, packaged it with it. Awesome. Okay. At the time though, this is why we got beat up and this is why it, 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 it ended in three years is because I didn't understand value. What I, I, everybody knows that word, but I, I understood product. I understand putting a product together, but I, I ended up getting in a price war because I didn't undermine my true value and the uniqueness of that product. Looking back, the uniqueness was it was me and the way I trained with it and the way I was able to help others train with it. Well, guess what happened in 08? Fuel prices went through the roof. The, uh, just to get the product here to America, my price doubled. Then when it landed in America, it's called LTL shipping. So it came from New York down to Georgia where I'm located. <clears throat> that went up a hundred percent. So guess what happened? I got shopped out against other iron providers. I call them iron providers because you're just mass producing iron. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand the true, you, the true, true, true value was the benefit you got from it. Anyway, it launched killer shark because what happened was in, 
I believe it was like, oh, right around 08, 07 and 08. I had a crazy call from, <laughs> it's one of those that you think you're, it's one of your buddies screwing around with you, but it was the program manager for Howard Stern radio, the real Howard Stern radio. And you, and you weren't getting punked on this one, right? <laughs> right. It was the, it was the wildest thing. Anyway. Um, it, so what happened was I got not one, not two, but a third shot to be on this show, sort of like what we're doing now mm-hmm. to talk about the product, but in a unique, fun, off the wall environment, obviously. And it was on the, the radio part. So um, it, 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 it created an enormous demand in, in, um, in traffic to my website. So I'll give you a number. Our first shot of analytics, it's like the number I'll never forget. I'll always, always take it to my grave. The first time they mentioned my website, within three hours, our analytics, we had 25,808 visitors. 25808. Wow. It's like my favorite number ever. Anyway, here's how, I, here's how I'm in this seat now. At that time, somebody said to me, I did not know the person at all. They just heard about the product, reached out and said, you know, I'd like to rent your brain. So that was a cool phrase. Okay, this sounds pretty cool. So they, they basically, what they're saying is I'm in a non-competing business, same vertical, but I'd like for you, since you did all your marketing yourself, I'd like to rent your brain, help me do it. Okay. Well, fast forward six months from there into 09 killer shark started because that one client referred three or four others. I sit sitting down my CPA. I said, there's something here. There's really something here. That was in 09 fast forward till today. Um, Killer Shark Marketing is my main, my main lifestyle business, which we're going to get into and talk about today, but really built, built my life around this business, which is awesome. We'll, we'll get into some of that stuff later. I'm a big fan of that. And we operate solely in the, uh, in the medical space. And even more niche than that is uh, dentists. So basically what we do is we work with dentists all across the country and we help drive their new patient acquisition. So that's the part of the, 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 uh, the, the, the business model that we focus on is we've got all this sophisticated software and phone call recording that we're out on the web using all the different platforms available, whatever the, I don't know, call it the tool of the day or the soup of the day or tool of the month. They change all the time. Yep. Bottom line is we're on a, um, a, 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 an eat what you kill uh, monthly retainer model with these offices. And if we're not producing the new patients, it's over. So it's, a, it's awesome. And that's where Killer Shark came from too. It's the fierceness. It's the always moving forward. Shark never stays in one place, right? So they're always going forward. And that's, that's a big part of us. That's a big part of me. It's a part of our core values, right? Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll it back a little bit because there, there are a couple of insights there that are really easy to, to over, like to just fly over. And you mentioned it. One is the value of failure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And more than that, what so many entrepreneurs don't really want to accept is their first business and usually their first product in their first business is Mm -hmm. not the one that's going to be viable in term, right? Um, There's there's normally just that that first baby is just ugly. See it, right? But it teaches you how to make better babies, right? Um, And so I say that because so many people want to start their entrepreneurship and they're like, I failed. And it's like, join the party. Like, if you're an entrepreneur, you failed somewhere down the road, right? Right, right. Um, The second piece um, was 
about this transition from selling product to selling a service or selling, um, doing the consulting. Mm -hmm. Now what's, what oftentimes happens in the world that we live in, right? Is this like, Oh, if you're selling a, if you're selling consulting, you're selling time for dollars, right? Right. You're selling time for dollars. Well, true. You're always selling time for dollars, right? In one way or the other, it's always time for dollars, but you went from this product that had cost right? It had a cost mm -hmm. to make, it had a cost to ship, it had a cost to get to customers, to mm -hmm. basically a product that has zero cost, zero hard cost to mm -hmm. just people renting your brain that then you can build other systems on top of. So right. um, what I wanted to pull out there is a lot of times it's easy to take a, a trope like, well, you know, um, you know, selling a service is selling time for dollars without really digging under that to see, wait, wait a second, you're also selling something that zero cost to acquire, right? So on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. um, that can be a great pivot point for especially a product-based business that, that is not going well. Um, sure. So I just kind of wanted to pull those out. And I also know that um, you, we're, we're not going to bash some of our colleagues here because that's not the way we roll, but part of the impetus for Killer Shark was also some bad experiences that you had with other marketers, right? Oh, Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's just one of those things to where, um, what am I going to say about that? Um, sometimes those bad experiences that you have, those failures, those, that loss of money, that terrible service that you received from someone, like there's a way to take those and say, you know what, what did this teach me? What opportunity did this present for me? Mm -hmm. and if I let go of the sunken cost of the past, like if I let go of what I thought it was going to be and it really embraces opportunity, you get a new business, i.e. killer shark in your case, right? Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Mm -hmm. All right. So just, just wanted to unpack that a little bit because the journey, especially the early stage journey for entrepreneurs, and it, it can be quite rough, right? And you're right that we, I was thinking about this before we got on the call, Jeff, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about um, Nancy Duarte and Brene Brown and Seth Godin. I was thinking about some of my mentors and people. I'm like, man, they got it. Like they're at a point where like they've got a lot going on, a lot of really good stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Where were they when they were 36, which is my age, right? Mm -hmm. I go back and look at where they were at 36. All of a sudden, I don't feel like I'm behind or anything like that. I'm like, I got plenty of time to build, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> and so just focus on the growth and the, and the pathway to get there, not necessarily the destination you might see other people, right? Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, so part of what you do in Killer Shark, I believe, is around mentoring people, correct? You, you know, so Killer Shark is its own standalone um, service provider, again, for dental offices all over the country. My personal brand, which, you know, being that you brought it up, it's uh, my site is jeffhopeck.com. So first and last name.com. I just have a love for mentoring, mentoring, not just people. I love to mentor younger, younger kids, teens up until their early twenties. <clears throat> some have a, some have historically had tougher backgrounds, tougher upbringing. Um, but my, my favorite thing is to take somebody from, man, this world has put me into a box to, you know, there is no box in this world. If don't worry about even thinking outside the box. There's no box at all. You create your own box, the size you want, the color you want, the shape you want. And that's because the reason I focus on that demographic or that not demographic, that age group is because that's where in my life had I had the right mentor, not, not just somebody that you read their books. I mean, mentor to sit down and like really walk through life with me mm -hmm. walk by my side through life. 
I would have started a business so much earlier because I was a complete, complete, um, what's the best word I can use? I don't know. My kids are, my kids are going to hear this interview. So one, one day, so I want to be careful there. But my point is I did not go well with school. It's easy as that. Okay. It was four years of wasted time, wasted energy, wasted everything. And what I wanted to do instead of start, go to school was start a business. Okay. So I feel that's where a lot of, where a lot of kids that age, they're, 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 they're wedged into a box. Let's just say that, that that's what happens. And as I speak in schools and that's just hundred percent free, I do it cause I love it. It's my passion. Um, I hear it all the time. So I could go through stories. I know we don't have all night, but really stories that'll borderline. They'll, they'll tear you up. Kids that have been just jammed so tight into a box, typically from small towns. And I'm here with a message saying, guys, I'm from the same small town. I was told the same things you're told. And you know what? The reality is none of it's true. None of it's true. Yeah. So that's interesting. And that was a question I didn't, I forgot to bring up earlier is you jumped from a marketing degree mm-hmm. to going to the secret service. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's, there's a lot there, but well, let's go. Why from marketing to the secret service? Is this something that you discovered like as a junior or senior, like that's a cool thing I want to do. Or did you let's, tell me about that? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So it was, um, it was junior year. I got to see it uh, firsthand witness like literally the motorcade, um, which, which was incredible. I, I wasn't sure what to do in college. I mean, all like some good advice that I did get was if you're not sure and you know, you want to stay you, you're in business, you're at a business school, obviously something along, you know, communications, marketing, you'll need that for everything. So that age, I wasn't sure how I was going to use it or if I ever would use it. And truth be told, I hope there's a lot of college kids listening to this right now. You probably don't even know what a marketing degree, what your life will look like in your job. That's where I think we don't have to get into it, but that's where I disagree a lot with how schools are. They should really be bringing people in who are doing that job so you can listen to their life and you'll change your degree 95% of the time. Anyway, so it was sort of marketing by mishap. And my thing was, look, secret service, I saw it. I was like, oh, that's a far-fetched thing. I'll never get in there. Let me just apply. And I did apply. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I think just because of, I don't know, maybe it was the small town thinking in me, but it was like, I'll never get it. So let me just start other things, you know. And, and sure enough, it did work out. So it proved, you know, when you want something bad enough, you go to work subconsciously and, you know, get your body physically and you get your mind there. So obviously I wanted it bad enough. Um, but, you know, again, it was a great opportunity to, to it, it was a great step. It was a stepping stone is what it was. So how did the adversity and intensity of that process, especially the training and then the vetting and everything that that happens with the secret service really prepare you to be a successful entrepreneur? Great question. Glad you asked it. Um, And I say that as a vet, right? I went through the military pathway and like, there's just a lot of that soft adversity, intensity and things like that, that, you know, but how, how, how does it play out in your story? Well, I'll tell you what, first, let me do this. Let me say thank you. Cause I'm a huge fan of my, my dad did two, two tours in Vietnam. And I just, I admire the, the desire of you guys to do what you do. Um, thank you. So, so thank you for that. Um, probably a couple things come to mind one. And I, and I hear this a lot from people, but 
take this in the, in the, with the intention that, that I'm, that I'm saying it, I am absolutely 100% ruthless in a good way, in a, in a very good way. And let me explain. I will not accept no for an answer. Any, I don't care how impossible it seems, right? Cause what's the first thing that happens when you delegate something? Uh, you get five reasons why it's not doable. So that's a huge one. Resourcefulness. So I think resourcefulness for an entrepreneur is so incredibly, incredibly powerful, right? It's not, I'm never, ever the smartest guy in the room. I mean, if I am, I'm in the wrong rooms, right? So I'm always, I, I want to feel that. I always want to feel like I'm not the smartest, but I'll guarantee you something. Guaranteed. I will be as resourceful as the greatest person in the room. Because isn't that what it's really about? It's about bringing the right people into our lives. That's what's going to sort of tee us up into this mentorship thing. I can't wait. I'm pumped already to share with you like my ideology on it because it's re- it is really cool. So. <clears throat> yeah, and I think there's amongst the Guardian Corps, which, you know, Secret Service, police officers, firefighters, there's sort of an idea of like, it's not that I failed, I just haven't won yet, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then that yet is really, really important, right? Yeah, it's right. One yet. Uh, yeah. But it's coming, right? It's yeah. coming somewhere down the line. So yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that because I think, you know, there's a how do you go from marketing to Secret <clears throat> Service and then get handed the blow with your kettlebell business, right? I was like, wow, what, you know, a lot of people would have been, would have given up at that point, right? Like, no okay, doubt. yeah, it's time to go work for somebody else. But you're like, ah, I'm reading the book, right? The book still holds the fire. What was the book, by the way? Yeah, the book was, um, was Jack Canfield. Um, I, I mean, I should know the title. I know, I know the exact page. Um, what's his big famous, the biggest book he wrote, something about, something about, um, oh, Success Principles success principles. And basically what it was, I just give you the real quick version of it is I turned a page and I should have this imprinted, but it was, don't take this verbatim. So I don't want it to be like copyright issue or anything like that. But he wrote in there that if you don't do it now, the time is now, if you don't do it now, you aren't going to do it. And here's the examples he gave. He said, what do you hear from most people? Like just people you ask for advice that, that they haven't really done it in life, but they're trying to give you advice. Okay. Here's what the, you hear a laundry list of these. I'm just waiting until my son graduates college. But what you don't realize they, if you talk to them five years ago, they would have said, I'm just waiting until my son graduates high school, or I'm just waiting until I get to the, to this next step. Or, or until I'm just, my son can drive. And then <clears throat> until my son like does like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jack Canfield unpacked that right on a page in that book. And I said, oh my goodness. Wow. The reason I didn't start my business when I was 18 years old, it boiled down to one thing. It was, I thought I had to go to school. And then what everybody said, not everybody, a lot of people well, you're too young to start a business. Well, you don't have experience to start a business. Well, aren't you afraid if you're going to fail when you start your business? That, you see why I'm so pumped about like mentoring young kids because it's, not, it's, it's fine if you want to go to school, but understand the alternative. Just understand the alternative. You don't have to be forced into a box right? or specifically into one corner in a box. <laughs> Absolutely. And to catch people up... Um, 
Jeff is Jordan Agoli's mentor. Jordan joined me on episode 56. And if, in case you haven't listened to that episode, Jordan also started a business when he was, what, 16? You remember, Jeff? He was like 16, power right? A power washing company that turned into other things. Ended up working at Killer Shark, which is how I met um, Jeff. And I'm delighted about that, that, that thing. And that's, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, about this journey of young, young adults. And it's like the perfect time to fail is when you're a young adult. Right. The perfect time to try some of these things is when you're a young adult, because if you start waiting until you're 28 and 29, Mm -hmm. it gets really hard. Right. And if you're 35, it's really hard. Right. And you have all these stories of exactly what you're saying from Jack's book is like, you know, I'm just waiting and I'm waiting. And it's kind of like the way I think about it is like if, if you're waiting on the bus and you're there late, you get into this weird loop. It's like, do I do something different or do I wait for the next bus to come? And you kind of hang out until this next bus, right? And I think that's the same thing that you're saying. Like we all end up in this position where we're waiting on that next bus and then that bus passes us by and we're like, well, I should just hang out because I've been waiting on the bus and I'm going to get on the bus at some time, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And just don't start frigging walking, right? Because you, <laughs> right? Just start walking at a certain point, right? Um, right. All right. So mentorship, young adults, um, you know, you keep coming back to this, like kids getting put in a box, what are, if you could share just sort of general stories that you hear, three to five stories that, that you hear over and over again from the kids about yeah. why they're not starting their own journey of life. Yeah. It, it, so a, a huge one is, um, and it's, it, it was a particular person. I'll never forget it. Wanted to, um, wanted to play professional hockey. And this was a, this was an event that I did back in just a small event. It was like 150 kids in a, a seventh and eighth grade. And I had an awesome, after the show, we left like 45 minutes opening kids came up and got to talk to them. And it was a, a, a young man who said, your story, Jeff is exactly what I'm living now. All I keep hearing, I don't even talk about it anymore because all I hear from the people that love me in my life, I hear, You'll never be able to do that. That's only people that are older and more successful from bigger towns. He wanted to go play. Keep in mind, he wanted to go play professional hockey. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did say that in the beginning. So here's a kid whose mind is just imprinted that he'll never, ever be able to do it when the truth is with the right mentor, aligning with the right mentor, because this is what I spoke about. I said, when you align with the right mentors, so in his situation, the right mentor would be somebody who already played hockey or is currently playing hockey and went through the situation of being told no. You can find that. So that would be a perfect mentor. And then all the kid would now know is, wow, I could do it. Wow, I could do it. Wow, I could do it. Instead of you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. That's, that's the box that I, if I had to put Every conversation that I've ever had with young people that are placed in a box, that's where I'm putting them somewhere in the you can't model. And I'll say this, if there's a young person watching, the best thing you can do to combat it, mental bookmark this in your mind, get a Webster's dictionary if you don't have one, probably don't because it's everybody's on their phone, but please buy one. This will be the best $15 investment you ever make. Buy a dictionary and just for your own sake, Go to the page that says can't, take a pair of scissors, cut it out, and remember that for the rest of your life. Get it out of your dictionary. Just just get it out of your thought process because the truth is you can. <laughs> That's what the truth is. 
You know, I don't know why we accept the maps from people who have never been the places we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it would make no sense. Like, hey, Jeff, like I'm going here. And you're like, I haven't been there, but here's the map. How the hell do you know? Like, right. what's, what's <laughs> going on, right? Right. Um, and so, I mean, I think there's just one of those general success principles is to align yourself with people who don't question whether you'll be successful, but yeah. ask you, but help you figure out how you'll be ex- successful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a yeah. different sort of thing there. Right. And so, um, let's, let's get started on the mentorship thing because that's such an important piece. Um, what, hmm. how would a young person go about finding the right mentor for them? I think that's the first step is like, that's, that's great, Jeff. Where do I find a mentor? Yep. Okay. Let, let me do this. Let me start with my model. And I think as I explain it, it's going to just open it right up. You're just going to see it. Okay. So where, where, um, where I come from on the mentoring thing, you have, give or take, nine major areas of your life. You've got personal. You've got business or professional. You've got health and fitness. You've got spiritual right? And you can fill those in. Some people may stop there. If you're young enough, that that may be all you have, right? Mm -hmm. But, but as you get a little tiny bit older, you might add father to that list, right? So you see, get the point. You have to outline those physically, physically outline them. You've got a whiteboard behind you. I've got my Mm -hmm. whiteboard back there. That's where I would be doing it. If, if I was going to show you this visit visibly, um, Outline the areas of your life. For me, it comes up to nine. And never, ever crisscross a mentor. Let me get plugged back in here. That's what I used to do. So I used to go like this. All right. So-and-so is successful in business. So therefore, what they say, I'm going to listen to. Absolutely not. You can have a great business person who is not see eye to eye with you spiritually. So you need to have a, I say three, and I've got two or three in each one of my core areas that are go-to people, not like legends that you, like people say, my mentor is Richard Branson. They'll never talk to him in their life, but that's their mentor. No, 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 no. These are people that you can get on a call, shoot a text to, sit down and have a coffee that walked in the shoes that you want to walk in. Now, fast forward a little bit. I had my mentor mentor model absolutely solid as a rock, right? And I had great people in here. The business, it's funny because the, like the business people that I had, the four guys were like just, just very, very seasoned, true guys that are on, t- it was just awesome. Anyway, here, so imagine this, I changed the direction of Killer Sharp two years ago, but I didn't change my mentors. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So my mentors were all scale guys, mm. which is great. They're, they're all hundred. Like first phase is you got to get to a hundred million, get to a hundred million. Now you're on the map, you're on people's radars. Then from there, you know, and that's how their minds think, right? They're, they're all running stuff that's 10 billion and up. <laughs> so these are the guys where when I have a simple business decision, I'm plugging them, like whether it's on Facebook messenger, whatever usually coffee because they're guys that I live real close to. And we sit down and I would take that advice, like take advice. And I didn't realize what was happening in the bottom of my heart. I didn't want to scale my business. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make it a a small, 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 probably pretty big for a lot of people. But I I have a revenue number in mind 
and I want to be there because that revenue number will continue to allow me to have my lifestyle, right? So that's important. Mm-hmm. And if I want to take off, I can take off. If I want to do this, I can do that. So again, based on lifestyle. So imagine this. Now I've got a handful of guys that I've been asking advice for. It's been like unsettling in my own heart because mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to scale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take that same thing now and let's push it over to, let's push it over to finance. Okay. Let's just look at finance for an area for, and everybody, no matter how young or how old they are, they've got to be focused on their financial, on their portfolio. So just because somebody is successful in business doesn't mean they're financially and fiscally smart or motivated to be smart. You never know who's sitting on a trust fund. So you never know who can just fail as much as they want. And they're Mm going to just, you know, Hey, here's another million for free. Just take it. So you've got to, you've got to look at where you want to go. What's your vision? What's your feel? What kind of investor are you? What kind of spender are you? What are your habits and align yourself with other folks that are like-minded. We'll get into, I'll get into sort of what my strategy is in a minute. But I, again, I wanted to outlay the difference between all the areas of life. So you got your spreadsheet, you got your areas. I'll say again, I'll say nine of them outline one, two or three, two, one, two or three people. And one, um, I would say there's one huge, one huge piece in this whole puzzle that's going to unlock where, how to get mentors. Ready? Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, and I know it's audio, but if there was a way I can underline this, <laughs> I would underline this so many times. No matter what a person's wealth, finances, or net worth are, when you ask somebody to pick their brain, ask them for advice, ask them for opinion, ask if you can sit them down for a coffee, ask if you can take them to lunch, at the bottom, the deepest well in their heart, they are complimented. Take what I just said, underline, hang it on your doorstep, hang it where you brush your teeth in the morning and live that because it's the truth. And nobody, nobody has proven that to me better than how I've proven it. (laughs) I mean, I went through it. Like this isn't advice that I watched my buddy do. I just went through this and it's un, absolutely unbelievable. Like you meet somebody or you get an introduction to somebody. Hey, I'm building a mentor network because I take mentorship very, very seriously. And I was wondering if, 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 if I can put you on my list or at least take you for a coffee and talk to you about it. Just right there. What that shows about you as an entrepreneur shows that you are just serious. You are dedicated. You are devoted. And you're not going to waste somebody's time. Right? If you're going to sit me down and ask me for advice, you're going to sit me down and ask me for advice. It means you really want to be at that meeting. It doesn't mean, will you meet me at the coffee shop so we can sit and look around all day and waste an hour or two. And when you shift your mind to that way of thinking, it's going to open up and it's going to answer those questions. Who should I ask? Who should I talk to? No. It goes right back to the box or the barrier. Just know there's no barrier. If, if your parents know a guy who runs a business and it's a $500 million business, try it. What's the worst he's going to do? The worst he's going to do is say no. And I'll tell you, as an asterisk on this story, here's why I get so, I get so passionate about it. Eight, because when a person isn't self-made 
and there's nothing, please, I, I got to disclaim this. There's nothing about not being self-made that I'm saying is bad at all. So if you're, if you inherited money, great. I inherited nothing, zero. I'll get nothing when my, when my folks pass on. So ju just make sure that that is not taken out of, out of context. But someone who got their head beat in day after day, week after week, year after year to become successful, that person, until I'm proven differently, 100% of the time, will find a way to sit down with a younger person or a younger entrepreneur who needs help because they know what they went through themselves. When you get no for an answer, I will, th there's a chance, okay, there's a chance that if you ask Jack Welch, he's going to say no because he probably gets asked that 10 million times a year. Can you be my mentor? Can you be my man? But if you're, if you're getting told no, don't take that as, oh, I'm never going to ask another successful person again. Take it as they could truly be busy or they, they might feel like they just don't have much to offer because they got a trust fund or something like that. And I, and I see that. The only reason I bring it up is I see it. Again, nothing bad with it. And so, so to underline it, the, the number one rule is someone on your mentorship, someone in your mentorship pool should be appreciative that you asked them um, to be in the mentorship pool. Am I understanding that correctly? Uh, absolutely. There's no question about it. If, if somebody, and they do, when somebody comes to me and say, says, I read your bio and I'm really pushing and vying to get into entrepreneurialism. Can I buy you, can I buy you a coffee and ask you advice? Okay. Now I know what everybody's thinking. How can you possibly go and have 50 coffees a day? Okay. I don't get asked that many times. And what I always try to do is push them to two places. Okay. So I've written it already from all my meetings, all my coffees, all my speeches. I've written two, I call them anchor posts. It's like my fancy little name for these really long blog posts. And we're going to link up to them. So they're already in the show notes. Great. And they're, I, I'm telling you, they, they are, they are the questions I get asked all the time from startups, from one, like wanting to get into entrepreneurs from guys who are at a hundred thousand that want to go to a million. That's a, like my favorite sweet spot is that because it's behavior change. I, I love that sweet spot. But, um, yeah, those two resources will be very helpful. Very, very helpful. You, um, you brought up something that's, I don't think many, um, junior entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs think about enough. And that was the, um, what we'll say either the moral or the spiritual character of the people on their list, right. Or on the, on there. Um, and you mentioned one, um, I think maybe I read this on the website. I think I read this on the website, but you know, there are different types of mentorship fits that you really have to think of like a scale person on your, on your mentor board. Um, you're going to, and, and if you don't want to scale, that's always going to be a problem, right? That's always, always going to be a problem. Just mm -hmm. as if you have a guy uh, have, you know, a, a woman that's a, a small giant person, it's like, you know, we really want to keep a small by small giant lifestyle focused business and mm -hmm. you want to scale. That's a problem, right? That's yeah. A problem, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you really have to put people on your board that who's not just walk the walk, but actually believes in the ethos of what you're trying to build and believe that that's, that's one of those things to do. Um, but you also mentioned the ethical character, ethical and spiritual character on your website. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, many people don't play enough attention to that. 
or pay enough attention to that just because it's easy for people not not saying that they're you know that the business world is full of bad people but if they're not aligned with your values you're going to be getting mentorship from people who might send you astray and it's really really easy to get caught into the loop that you talked about jeff where it's like i don't believe in what they're telling me Mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take action on what they're telling me, right? <laughs> right. You're just not it. You're going to self-sabotage in the end. Yeah. In the end. So stop wasting people's time, right? <laughs> right. Your, your time and their time and the time that you both spend wondering why you're not going to take action on that. You know what I mean? Right. So tell us a little bit more about this ethical and spiritual component of mentorship. Yes. Yeah, so I've got it actually on my, uh, my company. It's the way I run my company too. So anytime we, anytime I talk to a potential new client, I take them through what I call as an ethical match, mm-hmm. right? Or a core value. I, I, I refer to it more as core, core values. So there has to be a core value match. My values are on killer sharks, killer me. And you'll see that I'm an enormous fan of serving other people. Um, just, just my beliefs. Part of it comes from spiritual, which we're not going to get into, but um, um, I'm a huge fan of it. We're, we're here for other people. I, I believe it in my heart. Um, and, and I run my business that way. And in five minutes of talking to a new potential person, new potential client, it's really, real easy to tell when you ask them a question, why are you in business? And the response is to make money to, I will say this though, because there'll be people out there that, that may have done business with us three years ago. I would have taken anybody cause I was in growth mode. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, so uh, we'll, we'll bend them to our, the way we do business. Now <clears throat> we have a culture. Um, we believe in it in our hearts. We wake up in the morning and live it in our personal lives. And then we run it. We run our professional lives in the same exact, in the same exact manner. So nobody's going to want to work here that doesn't believe in our, in our values. Well, think of this. I have a great core group of people that believe in our values, but we're doused with clients that don't. So it's real easy. We change that. And I think it's important to, to share with you this too, because there's a big piece of vision in, uh, in 2015, 2015 amping up for 2016 <clears throat> was about shaving off clients that we didn't, that we didn't have a perfect fit with. So shaving off. And then actually, which I'm most pumped about is we are completely closed off, sealed off. We're not accepting any new clients at all in 2016. And the goal is, going deep. So deep as opposed to breath, mm-hmm. we're going deep with clients and I'm getting more of my one-on-one time, you know, scheduled every other week via phone calls and stuff. You know, phone calls are face to face if they're local, but a lot of our clients are around the country. So again, you know, back, back to your question there, it's, it's, it's what I believe. So I live my professional life, which is the same as my personal life. They don't get split apart. And when you, okay, so for, let, let's look at this. Let me just take one half a step back. For the young entrepreneur who's looking to get into to entrepreneurship and building this mentor model, you have to have some kind of vision. Okay, now people get, and I, I got thrown off. I was like, my, but my vision's not as good as, um, you know, Michael Eisner or is, uh, your, you know, Steve Jobs or whatever. I'm like, no, that's not what vision's about. We just, what are you feeling? Like, what do you want? Let's start there. Okay. So for the young person, start there. What what is it that you're trying to get into? I don't care if you draw it. If you're an artist or you like to draw, draw a picture of what you want. 
What, what are you seeing? Are you seeing like an office and clients coming into the office and a storefront and you sell things? So start there. Just start formulating it. As you put your thoughts down, you know, what do you want your lifestyle to be? What do you want to be selling? Well, the more you put on paper, the easier it's going to be when you sit with your first person and say, you know, I'm looking to get a group of mentors and here's what I'm looking to do. First time you sit with a successful person who's been through the mentorship model, you know what they're going to do? They're either going to join your network or better yet, this is like the ATM. This would be like a built-in ATM machine for you. They're going to say, you know what? I know the perfect person I'm going to introduce you to, right? But again, it goes back to something you said way in the beginning. You got to get out there. You got to get started and you got to sit down with your first person and you got to start talking to them. You, you, you can't just sit at home and say, oh, well, he's just got lucky or he just got this. Now, get started. Roll up your sleeves, sit down with somebody and go to town. <laughs> I, would, I would go even further than that and say, you know, because I, I know the whole vision thing can get people stuck, right? Mm -hmm. I, I see it on my site too, right? Oh, where am I going? And, you know, you don't really need to have that much of a vision to have that first conversation. Like, I really want to get in. I'm interested in, in starting my own business. I've got some rough ideas of some things that I'm interested in and I would love to sit down and have a coffee and, and see, you know, see what's going on there because a good mentor is going to ask you, well, where are you trying to go? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I don't know. And there'll be questions that follow on because we have to ask themselves. We have to ask ourselves these questions every day. And if you've got a friend of, if you've got a pool of friends who are entrepreneurs and business owners, vision and where you're trying to go comes up so often that you'll basically you're you don't even have to know that vision before you start this process right, right. um the one thing you need to know is that you're interested in it and you're willing to make an ask right or two things yeah right i can count Excuse me. uh turns out <laughs> right um and so don't get hung up about that right and visions change a lot they'll change a lot in an early stage yeah and i'm going to pause here we've been talking about young entrepreneurs um, I would want to expand this to early stage entrepreneurs. So you could be a 38 year old young entre entrepreneur. You could be a 52 year old young entrepreneur. Sure. Right. Um, and just, and I think I wanted to go there because I think so many people in the later in the summer and fall of their life, let's put it that way in the summer and the fall of their life, get weirded out. Cause like, I've got to go ask this person, like I'm supposed to be a certain place. So on and so forth. But I think everyone will know, like, you know, you're still a young entrepreneur. You're still mm -hmm. getting started and so on and so forth, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, what's, what do people get wrong when they start looking for mentorship um, mentors and they start trying to build their mentorship pool? Great. Great question. Is the same thing that they get wrong when they started, and I started too, so let me clarify that, when I started building my client pool was just take anybody, right? It's so easy to just take anybody. Well, if you get, it, 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 you can get really hung up really quickly if you just take anybody. And typically the one that's going to hurt your, your network the most is going to be the disguised successful person. It's going to be the person who's, you know, typically the symptoms are they're going to talk about what they have and they're going to talk about all their, you know, earthly physical cars and look at this and look at how much this. that's usually a sign. I always like to stay away from, from people like that. Hands down, no question whether it's a client or a mentor, but, um, the, the disguised, you know, you believe it, you see the way they are and you're like, I want that lifestyle. 
Okay. So you always have to go back to the question, why? Why? What is it? What do you want? What do you see this person being good at? What are they talented? What are they, what did they do that you want to do? Remember, that's what we talked about a couple minutes ago is if you're going to build a lemon, I use this silly little analogy when I talk to, when I talk to like um, teens in school, if you're going to build a lemonade stand, you know, again, silly, silly analogy, what does it make more sense to do? To go out and ask all your friends what they think, okay, which is what we all tend to do, and I made this mistake before, and your friends are going to be like, oh man, you, that's going to be, that's going to be risky, or you don't know how to do that. You're going to have to get somebody to build it for you, or you're too young to do that. You'll never make money building a lemonade stand. That's scenario A. <clears throat> and it's funny to watch a group of kids asking this question because they know what's next. They know where you're going. Or B, does it make sense to do just a little bit more due diligence, talk to a couple more people and find somebody who actually built a lemonade stand and they could tell you, oh, make sure you don't use two inch nails, use three inch for when storms come by. Make sure that on sunny days, you're at certain intersection because the glare, people won't see it in their cars. You see, you see what, I'm, mm-hmm. what I'm getting at? And it's, again, I love it for kids because it's simple and they get it, but it resonates with them. And that's where we make the mistake in entrepreneurship. I, I physically made it myself. I, I stacked up a bunch of people that I was like, oh man, they got a lot. So they must be successful. So they must know how to build a business and they must know how to run a business and they must know about fitness and food and eating and exercise and blah, 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 blah. Man, as much as this is important. And to me, I think it's the game changer in entrepreneurialism. I truly do is as much as it can be the game changer. That's going to hurt you too. So it's, it's important to, to really, you know, almost have somebody that, that understands mentorship good to help you build your mentor network. Yeah. I'm going to say this about the people with excessive or not excessive people with a lot of stuff and that flaunt that, Mm -hmm. um, recognize that there's a huge financial shell game system that's happening in the United States. And there are a lot of people who are stuff rich and cash poor. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and credit poor, right. In a lot of different ways. And so if you're young, like it's easy to see, Oh, they drive this car and they have this house without realizing the extreme amount of debt that that person may be into mm-hmm. and them not being able to, or them waking up at two o'clock in the morning because they literally do not have the cash they need to pay the bills that they've accrued for themselves. Right. Right. Um, and so just be careful about that. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that out, Jeff. It's not saying that, you know, all wealthy people, like everyone is like that, but just understand that, um, you know, um, one question to be really focused on when you're taking business advice from people is how well do they manage cash? Mm-hmm. Right? How well do they manage these types of fundamentals as opposed to just the amount of stuff that they have and how, how big their business is. And, um, I would say, and maybe you disagree with this and Jeffrey, if they start talking to you about profit more so than revenue, mm-hmm. like that's a very good sign because a lot of people can talk the revenue game, mm-hmm. Right. Um, not so many can talk the profit and profit margin game and it can talk to you about operational expenses and those types of things, which yep. show that they're actually in touch with how the business is working and so on and so forth. So, you know, just something to, to pay attention. But what are your thoughts on that? I First off, I agree hundred percent. I'm glad you brought it this way because it goes back to that old, that saying been around a long time. It's not about what you make. It's about what you keep. 
Well, in business, the way that you keep it is focusing on your, your gross profit margin, depending on what kind of business you're running. For me, it's, it's you know, net, net lifestyle business. Um, the way we're set up, I'm focused on gross profit margin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about, like you said, is how much revenue, I, Revenue is one thing. You can go out and sell a $60,000 job that takes you $80,000 to fulfill it, right? That, that's, a, that's a silly um, business decision. But I, I love what you brought up and I'm gonna, I want to sprinkle, sprinkle two things on it if this, um, if this helps anybody out there. So you mentioned about an, an environment to talk, uh, talks, like talk to somebody about profit versus um, about profit versus revenue. So here's where my mind goes. <laughs> if you want two good environments to have those conversations in, these are my favorite two. Number one, over drinks. So you get to see the net net truth of how people really act. But my favorite of all time, the easiest way to read a person and the easiest way to decide if you should do business with them or not, have them in your mentorship group or not, is go somewhere where, where there'll be interaction with a service provider such as a restaurant, okay, and watch the interaction with the person and the waiter or waitress who most, not most times, no, um, a, a lot of times, if you study that interaction and you see the heart of the person you're sitting with, that should be, that should be a big indicator how they're going to treat your, you know, if, if you're, if you're interviewing, it's how they're going to treat the rest of your team members. They can't, if they're not treating the waiter or waitress, right. The whole, the whole world is even the CEO, the man collecting the garbage and the accountant that's doing your taxes. They're all equal. Right. So, um, and they should be all treated equal. My favorite environment. I can't tell you how many times I'm certainly not going to give you stories, but I love that environment and it's just a great environment. So I'm glad you went that way. So is the tip there to rather than for coffee, maybe take them out for dinner. Right. Um, and so that, um, you can actually see that full interaction. Yeah. I mean, it depends on where you are. It's a good question. Depends on where you are in the mentorship process. If this is somebody brand new and it's a brand new introduction, a quick coffee is probably easiest and less, it's less uncomfortable for the other person because you don't want to be committed. It's the same thing as a date, right? Yeah, or lunch. Maybe lunch is a better way, is it? Yeah. Yeah, that could be. But I would say like more for if you, if you grabbed a quick coffee or had a phone call and there was a fit, maybe that next interaction, let's, let's grab lunch. And I'm telling you so much comes out, so much comes out there. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's wild. I'm just going to say for Charlie, like it's one of those things you ask me to go to coffee. That's one thing you ask me to go to lunch is quite another because I'm going to eat one way or the other. It's, it's Keith Ferrazzi's like never eat alone. Yeah. Thing. Like people have to eat, right? Yeah. I don't necessarily need to go get coffee, right. but um, I get to see all of that from the other side. Like, do you recommend that? Are you saying, Hey, I'm going to take you to McDonald's. I'm like, really? Right. You know, or are we going to go to play school? Like, you know, so just something to think about is that context of the meeting is very, very important and mm-hmm. what you're willing to invest, you know, um, to get that information. Cause you're talking to a successful business person that likely along the way has been paid for that counsel in some way or the other. Right. And so, right. um, you know, don't be over daunted by that, but you know, appreciate it for, for what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So I'm curious because it seems like you've brought 
you, you've built yourself a great mentorship pool, right? You've seen like you've got a, a good history behind you. Right now, what's the most unanticipated challenge that you're facing? The most unanticipated challenge mm-hmm. that, I, that I'm facing? Um, okay, so it wouldn't be on the mentorship side. I, I, I love that part and that part. Um, that part I would always do. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm always going to have that no matter what, where my career takes me. The most un, unanticipated challenge would be the economic, the, the, um, the political play in the space that we're in. Okay. If that makes sense. So, and I'll unpack it a little bit. Unpack it. Okay. So we're certainly not going to get into politics at all on this, on this show. Not one bit. Um, I will make a statement that whoever's in the white house and whatever, you know, whatever their take is on the economy and how they change things, good, bad, or indifferent, there's a trickle down effect. Okay. So that's general enough. And, um, it could be, it could really help the medical space. It could really hurt the medical space. It could make them less profitable, more profitable, whatever. So the biggest thing coming into, especially coming into an election year is what's everybody's views on, you know, healthcare. Cause that's a space we operate in. So to say that I'm just sit around and like whoever wins, Oh, well, no, but I'm certainly not out. And you can see that in my messaging on my social media. I've never posted one thing in my life political. Never. I just don't walk that route. I don't believe in it. And it's just my personal opinion. But the reality is, regardless which side, it doesn't matter. They're all, they're all going to take the country in a different direction. So I just fear that because we're stacked up and we're solid and we're reputable. and We've got a great business in medical. But that's a great question. <laughs> I'm glad you asked it. Made me, made me think a little bit. <laughs> Great. It, it has me think of the PEST framework, political, economic, social, and technological changes. Like when you do an audit, it's like that political map for certain industries is really, really important. It is. It is, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a great, great, great question. Thank you. Thank um, you. So if people remember nothing else about you from this episode and, and your body of work, what would you want that to be? Is to right now, no matter where you're at, you could, you could have a billion dollar business and be listening to this show, or you could just be starting up, get, get a solid roadmap of the areas of your life and start developing net mentors in every single one of them. Cause there's nothing better than when uh, this is going to happen. And it's happening to all entrepreneurs out there. You want to stay and keep crushing it past hours, but you have a girlfriend or a wife who's saying, Hey, we need to spend more time together. There's nothing better than having a mentor. So I have, I've actually, that's one of my stronger sides is for my marriage. So I have three other couples that we talk to that I love how they built their lives. So I'll talk to them and say, Hey, how did you handle this situation? There's nothing better than being able to get on a call with somebody who, you know, when they give you advice, it's not going to be any BS or making you feel good. It's going to be, listen, I got my head beat in there. I'm telling you, if you don't do X, Y, Z, there's going to be consequences. So the, the mentor model, do it wherever you're at, stop what you're doing, start putting it together it's going to unlock a lot of the different parking brakes that we all have in our lives. Great. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show and mentoring us. I, I'm, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
Okay, Creative Giants. So you heard it from Jeff, and we've been talking about mentorship and the importance of developing a rich pool of people who are going to help you be successful. So right now, where are the, what are the different areas in your life where you would like to improve? And who are the different mentors that can help you get where you're trying to go? And as Jeff mentioned about Jack Canfield earlier in the episode, if you don't start today, you're probably not going to start. So you might as well start finishing. Until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, creative giant.